0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms. We all know that the human body comes in all different shapes and sizes. However, most firearms do not. That is why Savage Arms has rolled out their AccuFit system on the 110 platform. AccuFit uses interchangeable components that allow hunters to custom fit both comb height and the length of pull without taking their rifle to a gunsmith. In fact, the only tool you need is a Phillips head screwdriver. If you want to find out more information about the AccuFit customization system, visit SavageArms.com. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast, where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight, because here we go. Hello from Ice Apocalypse 2021. My goodness, everybody, what on earth is going on? I guess by the time you guys are listening to this, it'll all be kind of over and done with. But I am recording this right in the middle of it, and gosh, it is—I don't know—it's 22 degrees right now or something. We're kind of on the tail end of it, but it has not been above freezing and I think five days at the time that I'm recording this. And so, man, if you have been affected by it, my heart goes out to you. Believe me, things have just been absolutely brutal everywhere. Um, Man, my prayers go out to anybody who's struggling with power or water and even more prayers are going out to the people trying to fix it. All the highline workers, all the power companies, all the water companies, the firefighters, the policemen, the hospitals that are struggling. Um, man, any, anybody that's been hit by this, the farmers and ranchers, my poor brother, uh, they're calving right now and he's been having to pull calves into his house. He's been putting them in his truck. They even put one in their bathtub trying to save it. Um, it's just been rough. Uh, I have a cousin that lives just west of Oklahoma city, and I just saw pictures of her and her husband out on the pond, uh, with a chainsaw cutting holes in the ice. So the cattle could be, get out there and drink. And, uh, it looked like the ice was about six inches thick and it's just, it's just not going away anytime soon. And so again, my heart goes out to everybody struggling with, and, uh, man, I hope this podcast can be a little distraction for you guys. Um, I'm even just struggling to get this out there. You know, we've had power going on and off and, uh, and I was actually almost done recording this episode and I don't know if it was the power or just my computer or what, but my computer just turned off all of a sudden. So I'm actually having to re-record this, but I want to get something out to you guys. You know, I want to do my due diligence and, Again, hopefully I can just be a distraction for you guys. And so uh but yeah, again, my my heart goes out to all the people struggling with this. Uh this is just kind of a a record breaking, crazy, hopefully once in a lifetime type event going on. And uh I don't think I've can ever remember negative temperatures in my lifetime. I'm thirty one years old. You know, I remember a few times where we hit single digits. Uh, But even then, you know, it's normally just a night or two and it kind of warms back up. I I definitely don't remember this prolonged of a freeze. It's just, man, it's been bad. So again, my heart goes out to everybody. I hope everybody's staying safe. Uh, Hopefully you can stay off the roads. And again, by the time y'all are listening to this, it'll kind of be over. Um, You know, last week's podcast, uh, I kind of hinted that it was coming. We're just starting it and now we're kind of in the heart of it. And so, Yeah, again, you know, I don't want to harp on it too much, but I just our uh, our state and our country is hurting a little bit right now. So I I feel like I needed to address that. And so, anyway, moving on. Like I said, uh, this podcast is going to be a little different. Uh, I I I honestly kind of didn't have the heart to uh, have somebody try to have somebody on this week. I just know people are busy or struggling or you know just. Um, yeah, I just felt bad trying to ask somebody to, to go out of their way to be on this podcast. And, and again, like I'm, you know, I'm having power issues and computer issues. And so I didn't want to ask somebody to come on and, and lose power in the middle of it. And so I'm going to be on myself by myself on this one, but I think I got something fairly interesting for you guys to keep you guys entertained this week. Um, what I'm going to do is I looked up the national deer alliances year in review and uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, um, there were there used to be two separate uh, deals. One was the National Deer Alli- Alliance, and one was the Quality Deer Management Association. And recently, those two organizations have uh, come together and formed one deal to kind of unite and bring everybody together. And they formed the National Deer Association. I almost said Alliance, but no, the National Deer Association. Um And so every year they put out a report, and it basically just kind of goes through the state of the whitetail deer, and uh, they break it down by state, nationally, um, they have all these really interesting numbers and facts, and so basically what I did, uh, I think the report is like 68 pages long uh, total. And, and I would encourage anybody to get on there. You can download it for free, and you can download past years. Um, but basically, in my, in my boredom, <laughs> since I had nothing to do, uh, I was able to get on my phone, uh, even when we didn't have power, and scroll down. And I basically pulled out all the Oklahoma uh, relevant information. And so I, you know, I went through all the different, uh, statistics that they put out, pulled out all the Oklahoma stuff and then kind of compiled it into one nice little neat, uh, form that I made myself. And so, yeah, so I figured today uh, I'm just going to run through this. It's really interesting information. Uh, it's kind of, it's very fact driven, you know, it's very numbers driven. Um, but it's just a great thing to look at. And, uh, I think as deer hunters, we can learn to learn a lot from it. And, uh, so yeah, I think it's interesting. I hope you guys do too. And so that's my plan for today. And so, uh, hopefully you guys, uh, can stick it out with me and I'm going to get started. So here we go. All right, so this is the 2021 National Deer Report. And uh, first thing I want to clear up is they call this the 2021 report because it comes out in 2021. But all of these numbers are actually from 2019. And so the 2019 season finished. They spend 2020, you know, calculating all the numbers, gathering all the data, and then release it in 2021. So the title is 2021 But again, all these numbers are from 2019, so I just wanted to throw that out there real quick before we get started. But first up is the antlered buck harvest, and so this is all bucks, and in 2019, Oklahomans harvested 64,364 bucks, and that is a bunch of bucks, but believe it or not, that is actually down a little bit from 2018, down 8% to be exact. Um, but we are still above the 10 year average. And so even though it sounds like we didn't kill as many, uh, we're still above average for the last 10 years. And, uh, that also works out to about 0.9 bucks per square mile. So basically one buck per square mile. Um, and I found that, uh, this interesting that that is actually tied for the lowest in the whole Southeastern region. And so, but I think that's a good thing. So basically one buck per square mile. And so, to me, that says that we have less pressure in our state because we're killing less bucks for a given area. And so, again, to me, that's a good thing. And then uh, they also give out the stat of uh, that number, uh, that 64,000 works out to about 18 bucks for every 100 hunters. Um, So, pretty interesting. Um, But yeah, I I think that's a, a good number to start with and a lot of bucks. And then... Something that kind of goes along with that that I find even more encouraging is uh, they also give a buck age structure, and Oklahoma came in fifth for the highest percentage of bucks being three and a half years or older. And so I personally, as a chaser of big bucks, love that statistic. That means that lots of people are letting the younger bucks go, They're getting older and we're harvesting more mature bucks, which again, for me, and you know, just speaking as the species in general, I think that's what you want. You know, you want that balanced age structure. And so with people harvesting more older bucks, I don't think I ever said the percentage, but it was 64%, 64% of the total bucks harvested were three and a half years and older. That is incredible. And uh, they even gave a, a full breakdown Um, 18% was one and a half year olds, two point, I'm sorry, 19% were two and a half years and older and 64% were three and a half and older. And again, like as a, as a big buck hunter, a trophy hunter, uh, an avid hunter, like whatever you want to call it. Um, I think just any way you look at it, that is extremely good news that overall across the state, people are harvesting older, more mature bucks. And then moving on to the dough harvest, uh, Oklahomans in 2019 harvested 40,013 does, and that was actually up 7% from 2018, and that was pretty on par with the 10-year average, they said. And that number works out to about 0. 0.6 does per square mile, so Basically, that works out to about one doe every two square miles, as opposed to the bucks for about one, uh, one every square mile. And then that works out to about one doe, or I'm sorry, 0.7 does for every one buck. And so if you killed a hundred bucks, that'd be 70 does. And that works out to about 11, uh, does for every 100 hunters. And so I read this uh, and uh, man, like overall, this report is great. Um, but if there was one kind of downside to the report, I think it's here, um, with the population increasing and we'll get into that later. I think we need to be harvesting more does across the state. And again, that's just kind of my opinion. You know, if you're out there just wanting deer on the landscape or wanting opportunities to kill any deer, then, you know, maybe you like this number, um, but as our, as our, you know, overall herd numbers are increasing, I think it's time we can start focusing on the quality of the herd a little bit. And again, maybe that's selfish of myself because I like chasing bigger antler deer. Um, but I think we have hit a point where we can start taking some more does, you know, at least one to one, um, and kind of bringing the overall number in a given area down a little bit and, uh, and giving those bucks more to eat, Um, less competition, uh, and that's, you know, less competition for everything, food, uh, breeding, all that stuff. Um, and so like I said, if, to me, if there was one kind of downside to this report, I think we need to bring that doe harvest up personally. So, um, but, uh, a little bit more on the doe age structure. I thought this one was a, a huge, um, thumbs up um, Oklahoma had the fourth lowest fawn harvest when it came to does. And so, you know, when you fill out your, uh, your report, uh, after you shoot a deer, you know, if it's a doe, it'll ask you whether it was a fawn or an adult. And, uh, only 10% of the does harvested were fawns. Um, and again, that's just, that's awesome to me. You know, I think it's better to, to shoot the older, more mature, mature deer, Um, they're the ones that are going to be aging out of the herd anyway, or dying of old age. And so I think it's better to harvest those older does. Um, the only thing on this that didn't quite make sense to me, uh, they had a statistic here that said 53% of those does were three and a half years or older. I, I really don't know where they came up with that stat. Um, as far as I know, that's not something that they ask on the harvest report. And so I don't know if they got that from maybe, people who had voluntarily, you know, taken out the lower jaw and sent in to get aged, or if that was biologists going out there at check stations and aging deer or what. Um, but I mean, they put it out there, so I'm guessing they got it from somewhere. Um, and if it is true, that's awesome. I mean, over half the deer, uh, or half the does, three and a half years and older. Um, I just, I don't really know where they got that number. So I, I hate to harp on it too much, but, but again, like overall, I mean, yeah, buck numbers up, doe's no, doe numbers up, and the the mature deer is really the big takeaway from all that for me. And so, um, but moving on to a different category, uh, they did harvest by weapon. And I thought this was also pretty interesting. Um, Oklahoma had one of the highest archery harvests, basically west of the Mississippi. And so, you know, if you get up to the northeast, you have a lot of states up there where, you know, hunting with guns is illegal because you got higher populations or smaller tracts of land. And so, you know, a lot of those States had higher archery numbers than we did basically because it's the only option. But, uh, once you kind of get out of the Northeast and start heading West, um, 29% of the deer harvested in Oklahoma were taken with archery. And that includes uh, bow and crossbow. And then you had a whopping 59% uh, with a rifle and then down to 16% for muzzle muzzleloader. Uh, but even that I thought was interesting because, uh, you know, 59%, basically 60% of the deer killed with a rifle. and if But if you look at the length of season, you know, you got just two weeks of rifle. Um, man, that is a lot of deer being killed in those two weeks. And so I, I did think that was really interesting. And, uh, also it kind of speaks to, uh, the hardships of, of bow hunting because, uh, man, I think I have somewhere down here later, like how long the, the total season is in, in Oklahoma, but you know, you basically have three and a half months of archery season. And in that three and a half months, you're only taking 29% of the deer. And so, man, if you're out there getting it done with a bow hats off to you because it is not easy. Um, and then I threw this one in there, uh, just cause I thought it was interesting. Our, uh, our brothers and sisters to the South in Texas, they actually tied for third, uh, with the highest rifle kill, 90%, 90% of the deer in Texas are killed with a rifle. So I just thought that was interesting and thought I'd throw it in here. But, um, anyway, we're, we're focusing on Oklahoma, so I'm going to move on. Um, the ten-year harvest average. Uh, this one was very, very interesting to me, um, and I, th- I think you guys are going to like it too. So, in 2019, Oklahomans killed 64,364 bucks, which is actually down a little bit from 2009. Uh, it's only down two percent, though. So, I mean, considering all things considered, you know, it's pretty much staying the same. Um, but we killed 42,013 does, which is down 17% from 2009. And so we're killing way less does, uh, than we were 10 years ago. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just, I thought that was super interesting that the bucks stayed about the same, but does went way down. Um, and so I don't know, you just, you hear a lot more people, uh, in the deer world, just talking about, uh, harvesting does, killing does, whatever you want to say, Um, and how important it is. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, our, our doe harvest has gone down. Um, even though our overall numbers have gone up and we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but, uh, I don't know. I just thought that one was super interesting. And then, uh, let's see here. Hunter success. Um, this says that 49% of deer hunters were successful at killing at least one deer in 2019. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, and you know, you also got to consider that, you know, some of those people either bought a license and never went, or maybe they bought a license and went and sat for a day or two or bought a license cause they were going to hunting camp, but really didn't care about hunting that much. And so, you know, basically 50% of people being successful. I thought that was pretty darn good. And then it also says that 18% of those hunters killed more than one deer. And so basically one in five people uh, either shot a buck and a doe, two bucks, two does, whatever. Um, I would love to hear how many people killed like more than two because I feel like you hear of a lot of people shooting two deer, uh, but you don't hear that many stories of people killing more. Um, but anyway, eighteen percent of hunters killed more than one deer, and so I thought that was pretty cool. And that brings us to the fun part: the deer population segment. And uh, I'd kind of, I've kind of been hinting towards this one, so glad we finally got there. Um, Oklahoma has an estimated population of 750,000 deer. And I'll be honest, I did not know it was that high. Um, I had 500,000 in my head for some reason. Uh, I'm sure I heard it somewhere or read it somewhere, but, uh, yeah, 750,000 kind of blew my, uh, blew my socks off. And, uh, that's a lot of deer. Um, and again, awesome. But, uh, man, yeah, that is a lot of deer. And then, um, kind of going along with that, Oklahoma made the top five again. Uh, they were number five in the nation for basically population growth over the last five years. And they estimate that the the deer herd has grown 36% just in the last five years. And so that is a lot of deer. But if you go back even further than that, um, in 2005, Oklahoma was estimated to have 425,000. So that means in the last 15 years, the herd has increased by 76%. And so that is a lot of deer. Um, I will say a few of the States did not, uh, have statistics shown for that number. And so I said, we were in the top five. There may be some States that have grown faster than that, but they didn't report it. So, you know, I'm going with, we're in the top five, but, uh, so anyway, the first thing that came to my mind when I read these numbers was uh, the next time your your grandpa tries to tell you, you know, back in the good old days, you can tell them that the good old days are right now because we have more deer than we've ever had, um, at least for a very long time. The more deer that uh, than they know of, you know, since they've started doing studies, um, we have higher buck numbers. We have older, more mature, more mature bucks, and so. You know, if you're looking for the good old days of deer hunting, we are living them right now in the state of Oklahoma. Our herd is super healthy. It's growing. It's getting more mature. And uh, man, I just, I almost want to clap for, <laughs> for everybody because Oklahoma is rocking it right now. And so that's kind of the end of the like official um, report, but uh, they did have a bunch of random facts uh, and statistics down at the bottom, kind of more random stuff that I do want to go through. And so I got a few more things, so stay with me just a little bit longer. Uh, I found this one interesting. Um, in the last 10 years, the number of days allowed to hunt has increased to 152 days. And so if you, you know, buy all the tags, your archery hunter, muzzleloader, uh, rifle, all that good stuff, uh, you can hunt 152 days. Um, so that is pretty darn awesome to me, you know, three and a half months of deer, deer hunting. I can definitely take that. Um, this is, this one was kind of blew my mind too. Uh, if you're asking yourself what was the, or who has the longest deer season, I'll give you a second to guess. You're probably wrong, but, uh, New Jersey In New Jersey, you can hunt 277 days out of the year. Um, I know they have some pretty crazy population uh, stuff going, like population going out of control. Uh, Random side story, I actually had a guy, it was probably about two years ago, who kept messaging me on Instagram, and not in like a, a hostile way necessarily, but he messaged me multiple times, and he was the member or the founder of some kind of crazy deer organization going on up there. And, uh, he was basically trying to convince me that instead of increasing hunting in New Jersey to take care of these deer, that they should cut off all hunting. And that instead of people paying to hunt the deer, that the government should pay to capture live deer and castrate them, castrate the bucks, so that they couldn't breed, um, and that hopefully that would take care of the population, uh, problem, which does not make sense because one, you're not taking any deer out of the landscape. You know, you're still going to have all the deer there. And then two, there's absolutely no way you're going to be able to catch every single buck fawn that is born. And so you're still going to have an increasing deer herd. And so anyway, I I wasn't mean to him. I don't think I ever responded, but I just thought it was interesting that he kept uh, kept messaging me like, hey, like look at this. And I was like, oh, okay. But anyway, enough about New Jersey. Let's get back to Oklahoma. Um, they didn't leave mule deer out on the report. I liked that. Uh, Oklahoma has an estimated 3,500 to 5,000 mule deer and, uh, the population is increasing. And I found this very interesting too. Oklahoma was one of only four states in the entire country that actually had a growing population of mule deer. And that counts all the Western states, everybody North of us, West of us, everything. Um, a lot of the Western states had either, um, stable populations, or several of them actually had decreasing, which is pretty sad. Um, but Oklahoma was one of four states that had an increase in population, and I really find it interesting because, like a lot of those places where you hear declining numbers, one of the big reasons I always hear that they're declining is because white tail are moving into those areas, and I guess white white tails with their personality, they're just kind of more aggressive, and they tend to push mule deer basically into the less suitable habitat and the whitetail kind of take over the good areas. And so I just think it's kind of odd that in a very whitetail dominated state that the mule deer are pushing the whitetails back and coming in. But, but I love it. Uh, uh, Man, I, I have never shot a mule deer. I really want to, it's way up there on my list. Um, It's probably number two behind elk. Um, I've done a lot more elk hunting than mule deer hunting. Um, you know, I went to school in Idaho, but I just so happened to land in like the hub of (laughs) whitetails in all of Idaho. And so even though I moved to a mule deer state, I still wound up with whitetails and I still had to travel, uh, to go mule deer hunting, which as a college kid, I didn't get to do that much. Um, but anyway, so yeah, you people up in the, up in the Northwest corner where all the mule deer are or out West. Um, you guys take care of them out there for me. And, uh, I would love, absolutely love to come hunt them out there sometime. Like I said, they are very high on my list and I would definitely give up one of my whitetail tags to, to put a tag on a mule deer. So you guys keep it up out there. And then let's see here last, but definitely not least. Uh, I kind of saved this one to till last, uh, on purpose they, uh, they gave all the states kind of a questionnaire, basically, and asked on a scale of 1 to 10, how important was specifically deer hunting to the state's budget? And the state of Oklahoma ranked deer uh, a 9 out of 10 for importance for their budget. So, you know, if you think about it, you don't have to have any tags for hogs. you got to have a license, but no tag. Um, you know, very few people are buying bear and elk tags, definitely not everybody in the state. Your fishing license is good year round, but when it comes to deer, you got to have a tag for every deer that you harvest. And as we saw earlier, you know, there are plenty of people killing multiple deer. Um, There are just tons of people in general that deer hunt and, you know, buy at least one tag. And so for all the hunters out there, man, keep buying those deer tags because, you know, if you love to hunt and fish in the state of Oklahoma, the state needs that money to be able to manage all of its resources, keep its boat docks open, keep the public lands open. Uh, you know, there's, they're not going to buy more public land, uh, for you to be able to hunt on if they don't have the money to do it. And so buy those licenses, buy those tags, um, spend money in the state, you know, buying your licenses, buying your hunting stuff, buy local and, um, yeah, just go keep the money at home, (laughs) I guess is what I'm trying to say here. And, uh, and just don't forget how important those license sales are to the state. Um, and to, you know, your brothers and sisters in the state who enjoy those things also like myself, but that is pretty much going to do it for us today. Like I said, short and sweet. Um I wanted to get you guys out something but there're just some some crazy circumstances going on right now. Like I said, I already lost all my work once and so I want to shut it down before I lose it again. Um but anyway, I just like I said, I hope everybody's being safe out there. I hope you guys enjoyed this short sweet podcast. I would really encourage you to go to the National Deer Association website and download the report for yourself. It is once again it's called the Deer Report 2021. And they also have previous year's reports on there. And so you can go back in time. Very interesting stuff. And it's just cool to to keep track of kind of where we're at as a state and as a nation. Um, you know, there are thousands and thousands, millions of deer hunters across the country. And it's really cool that something like this can kind of bring everybody together and just kind of see where we're at, like I said. And so... Go check out the website. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything else. Just trying to stay warm. Uh, I am trying to get out. Uh, Oh, one thing I did want to throw out there. If you are able and, you know, if you're bored with nothing to do, I have always dreamed of doing this. And I hope I'm going to get to this weekend. I'm not sure. I'm going to have quite a bit going on. um, But I have always wanted to go out to where I hunt after snow and look for tracks. And, like, track critters whatever critter you know you like chasing I like to just I want to find a set of tracks and just follow it see where it leads see where it came to see where it goes see what they were eating see where they were bedding you know that's a very popular hunting technique in the north is you know just tracking stuff in the snow we obviously don't get to do that And we definitely don't get to do it during uh, hunting season, but man, you can still learn a lot right now. And so, yeah, like I said, if you're able, if you don't have to travel too far, bundle up, get out there and go follow some tracks. Um, Again, the whole, you know, bedding thing is real big in the, in the deer world right now, uh, finding buck bedding, no better time. Absolutely no better time than right now when there's a bunch of snow on the ground, because you can just follow their tracks straight to it, check it out mark it on your phone or map whatever you got and keep it in mind because I guarantee you if it that spot keeps them warm through this it will definitely keep them warm on a late November or December day when you're out there hunting. And so that's, again, that's something I've always wanted to do. I hope I get the chance to. But, um, yeah, so that's my one, uh, I guess, pro tip for closing. So get you a little little extra education on top of all of the numbers. And so once again, I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully next week we can kind of get back on more of a normal schedule, normal podcast. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys are staying safe. Please be careful out there. And once again, I'd like to just throw out a big thank you to all the first responders, all the healthcare workers, all the farmers and ranchers, power uh, workers, water workers, man, anybody out there who is keeping the lights on, keeping the heat on, keeping the water running, my hat is off to you. All my best wishes to you. Keep up the good work. And uh, yeah, until next week. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you guys later.